Welcome to Straight Edge, the podcast. My name is Clive Allwright, and along with my amazing guests and co-hosts, we're going to be having some brutally honest and sometimes confronting conversations around all things of addictive behavior. Now, as it happens, I've been a hairdresser for 37 years, and during my career, I've met many people just like me that have also struggled in the many different areas of addiction. So our main focus of this podcast is to chat with as many people as possible from the hairdressing, barbering, and media industries, along with some pretty smart people that work in the fields of addiction to get a deeper understanding of why so many of us struggle with the balance of family, careers, health, and the day-to-day pressures of life. So if this sounds like an area you'd like to dive deeper into, make a cup of tea, sit back, and listen to Straight Edge, the podcast. And on the back, it said, um, this is who I am. And it had a, um, a series of proclamations about her greatest points. And at the bottom, it said... I love you, we need help. Hello and welcome to another episode of Straight Edge the Podcast. It is hot and sunny down here in Australia. We are in the beginning parts of February. The kids have gone back to school. Amy is smiling and beaming from ear to ear. How are you this morning, Amy? (laughs) (laughs) Celebrating. Thank God the school holidays are over. That's all I can say. (laughs) Love them, adore them, but... Go back to school. I don't know about you, but it seemed like it. I know with my younger, with our youngest daughter, it was an exceptionally long break. I think she broke up on the 8th of December and she went back on Friday. So it was a long time. Love her to bits, but it's a long time of, you know, you can drop a a small fortune on trying to keep your kids entertained during that time. Absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I think everyone just gets to a point where you just need routine back. Even even the kids say it. They're like, I can't wait to go back to school and see my friends. And, um, you know, yeah. Well, well, here we are once again. And, you know, our journey continues. And when we started this podcast, it was all about sort of talking to hairdressers, barbers and people from the media industry. Mm. And we've obviously dug deep into various different professions with barbers and hairdressers and DJs and you name it. And uh, Amy, you've brought uh, our next guest to the table. And I'm really, as I mentioned on the last episode, one of the best things about doing this podcast is it's just opened up so many opportunities to chat to people that I would previously only ever probably discovered in a pub, and that would have been by chance. But I've got to meet some very interesting people. But our next guest for for today or today's guest is something that if you're in the UK, you'd be familiar with TV shows like Home and Away. Or if you're in Australia, Underbelly is certainly one of my favourites. But our sc- uh, screen actor this morning is, uh, has lived in, well, he's Australian. I think he lives on the Gold Coast right now, but he's lived in LA, all over the place. And it's just prior to coming on to being recorded, talking about all the different various places that he's worked as an actor. Please welcome to the show, Martin Dingle-Wall. How are you this morning, Martin? Ah, oh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted to be here. Yes, yes, yes. I'm great. I'm great. Yeah. Uh, fabulous. It's amazing to get you on, mate. Thank and, you. It's uh, really good to be here. And um, Amy was raving about you um, last week because she was like, she's like, I've, I was. We've got to get Martin on because you. She previously heard you. Actually, do you want to tell the story, Amy? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd previously heard you, Martin, on a, on another podcast series um, talking about your own journey. And, you know, I knew you anyway, because obviously we're British and we do love Home and Away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the massive fans over there. And um, But hearing you talk with such kind of rawness and authenticity about your journey really, really, really genuinely moved me. And I'd said to Clive, I really want to talk to this guy. Like, I, I would love to dig a bit deeper and and have him share his story with us. So we're over the moon, Martin, well, that you're with yeah, us today. Yeah, it's a um it's a it's a conversation that's starting to get more and more heads, thoughts and voices put to it. Um so uh, we don't have to skulk around anymore. We you know hit with the hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So do you want to maybe then for some of our audience, I guess, that um, right. might not know you, um, tell us a little bit about your about your life and your journey as an actor. Um, well, my journey as an actor, like everyone that any, for the most part, I think almost as a rule, anyone that is known offshore in any capacity started either in Ramsey Street or in Summer Bay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so I'm I'm part of a fraternity of um, of actors that got a shot at the title, which is to say got a shot at presenting our work to the Australian public. 
Um, and, you know, on those sort of um, three camera setups, they have a certain rhythm and pace and I guess an urgency to them. So it's, it's sort of like a gladiator school and as much as, you know, if you need more than two or three takes, we can't afford you. So um, it, it's kind of a, you know, welcome to the industry and gloves on, mouth guard in, let's go. Um, yeah, so I came through the boot camp of Home and Away. And, you know, as I say, like, there's the couch, there's the eyeline, there's the other actor. Try to find them. Try to let every other camera find you. Say what you need to say. And if we believe you, you might have a job. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, and I was one of the ones that got through and eventually um, the audience got a second to try to work out who I was and that mm. gave birth to an incredible wave of support from the Australian public, which eventually became your public. Um, and that was the foundations of, you know, me being able to eventually leave the Bay and be like, okay, I, 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 I think I wasn't fired. Let's just say that. Yeah. You know, I wasn't fired. So let's see where else we can take this. And, you know, 25 years later, I have a magnificent career and I'm very blessed. And the reason we're sitting at our pub right here is because 10 years ago, when I moved from Sydney and my Australian failures and successes, whatever they were, um, it felt like time to go offshore. Um, Arrived in Hollywood um, with my partner at the time. Um, And um, a year in thinking that maybe I had something to offer. And the great thing about Los Angeles is they just yeah. don't care. Mm. And there's no reason they should care. So yeah. it's very healthy psychologically because you eventually learn um, that your mum cares a bit. Yeah. <laughs> no one else is obliged to, but you must care. Yeah. You know? yeah. So LA is really good for that. And um, mm. I cared and my partner kind of cared. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was my support animal, if you will, because that's what, partners of artists are basically you know support engines of you and your madness um a year into hollywood swing and missing swing and missing swing and missing and you know the one closest to me said here's my observation and my the observation led me to a um a crack in my veneer Mm. um and the day that observation was presented to me i took myself to my first meeting and I'm one of the lucky 1% mm. in as much as I sat in that first meeting for two hours feeling above it all, mm. I guess slightly judging those that were doing their sharing because I hadn't been in an environment like that. But I'm seeing incredible strength, telling incredible stories, mm. but also being like, I'm not that. I'm not that. Yeah. And um, the last speaker of the night stood up and told their story, which was my story. Mm. Wow. You hear that a lot, don't you? Eventually, if you're lucky, yeah. yeah. Like if you're really lucky, mm-hmm. especially in the first meeting, yeah. you hear your story yeah. spoken back to you. Mm-hmm. And something in you dies. Um, something in you happens that you can't push away. Yeah. And I was lucky. That was my first meeting. And because you're in a city, an asylum, an organisation Los Angeles is, which is a gathering of people committed to trying to find themselves, yeah. So it's a fucking celebration because everyone in LA is trying to invent themselves, find themselves, escape something they didn't like about themselves. I mean, everyone is on a mission. Yeah. And that's only to be celebrated. Um, and so yeah, that first night I got it. I'm like, right, I know the two roads and I know the one I'm on. Mm. And if that one means enough to me, I'll know in the next second. Yeah. 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 Martin, was there like a major, we this kind of comes up quite often. You talk about a rock bottom or a catalyst. To, I mean, you said that your partner said, these are my observations. I mean, I lived in LA as well for, for a number of years and I was escaping. I was running away. I also went to my first meeting in LA. Uh, unfortunately, right, right. I didn't, it didn't stick with me, unfortunately. I just wasn't ready to quit at the time. Yeah. There was too many. There was, I just wasn't ready. But, yeah. you know, there was... It's funny because I watched that series Californication um, mm. set and I just saw the carnage that went on there. And after watching that show, I, that was very much my story of the of L.A. But was there one particular thing that... So artworks, you saw your story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was like, it was... I mean, even now, when I think back at how I how I got through it and survived and just carried on, continued to work. That was the other thing. I continued to work and on the outside looked successful, but I yeah. was dying. But was there any was a, a series of events that led you into that point, or was it just uh, just a natural progression? 
Oh, the, ser- the series of events was growing up in Australia mm-hmm. um, because it's just Australia. Um, so you need to, maybe you need to change your geography um, and experience uh, cultures that tend to these vices, you know, in, in different ways. So you just have a, a form of context and, you know, you move to LA and it's, you know, it's the biggest hot yoga center in the world, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but was there a single moment? Um this is where I pull the pin on myself and say, you know, when I have these conversations and it's like, here's the, here's the truth of it. Yeah. I was out one night smashed drunk on the, on whatever was offered to me Mm -hmm. trapped in my self-loathing and judgment about having this idea of myself, all the, you know, bullshit song lines you sing to yourself. Um, and, um, the night before, strangely enough, had done the best line of cocaine I'd ever done, and it came from so, I had lots of I wasn't a chronic coke user, but I'd had lots of shit, um, and then someone gave me a line of a Colombian friend gave me a line of, and I'm like, I knew myself well enough, myself well enough to fill my skull and be like, I, this, this is going to be a problem. I I don't need to have discovered this yeah. because oh my god, um, but the very next night I was out at a neighbor's birthday. Came back and there was my partner who dared say something to me mm. and I spat all my self-loathing in her direction. Um, fortunately, it was only ever um, emotional violence, but it's violence, you know. Mm. Mm. And I um, passed out because, you know, it's what we do. And I woke up uh, fetal on the couch the next morning and house was empty, but there was a note on the table. Mm. And I said, this is what my partner said to me last night. And she had, in her wisdom, written down every slanderous thing I'd said to her. So I was able to, three, four hours later, in my self-righteous recovery, read this back to myself and hear myself saying it. Mm. And on the back it said, um, this is who I am. And it had a, um, a series of proclamations about her greatest points. And at the bottom it said, I love you, we need help. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's very powerful. So I went to a meeting. Right. Did you was it that day that you went? Wow. Congratulations, mate. Yeah. That is that's that's tough. That is very tough, especially coming from the people that are closest to you, you know? Oh, it's 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 um f- 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 forget toughness. Um imagine the generosity of the world where you can break someone and they can give you that in return. Yeah. Mm. So whatever journey she's that. on, um, you know, um, that's the caliber of gift she gives me. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. That's, 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 sounds like an amazing that's high one. priestess level of, of generosity. To yeah. tag on the end of it, I love you. We need help. Yeah. 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 That's medicine, man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We, you know, we have a lot of um, – a lot of our guests actually who've spoken very um, in depth about feeling, having the feeling of being saved by love, you know, like someone who loves you that much, you know. Uh, I know we had that with Niall, Clive, um, didn't we? You know, he speaks a lot, very highly about his wife and how, uh, you know, she, she loved him back to life. You know, I know there's other support and, you know, you chose to go to, you know, 12 steps and all of this kind of stuff. And we have to do it for ourselves. But having someone there with you who loves you like that, that that's a real blessing that not everybody gets. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm now, you know, a, a humble student of the fact that the uni- the universe is consistently that generous with you, mm. you know, should you be paying attention, you know, these quotes saying there is magic everywhere if you'll choose to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, we are, we are, each and every one of us, man, we, we are surrounded by these guardian angels. Yeah. On this side or that side, mm. around the clock. Yeah. Around the clock. Yeah. It's, you know, you got to just tune your, your psychology to meet the frequency of that and yeah, that's your, that, that's that's you know again you got to thank God we're doing it in this format so yeah. people are interested they can dial in because you can't have this chat mm. sitting at any table because it 
because it probably feels laced with judgment and it's not because all we were ever dealing with was self-loathing, self-judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's a death and resurrection show, you yeah. know, but it's a very, no more personal odyssey. Yeah. And, you know, what, what, what do you do with the truth presented to you? Yeah. Yeah. And it can hurt <laughs> sometimes when you're oh, faced you know, with it, you're done, like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Done, so- done well, you should die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah. why don't you why don't you take us even further back than Martin to uh, you know take us back to your childhood? I mean, you obviously you speak mm. about the culture of Australia. We know it because we live here, right? We're British, but we've <laughs> emigrated to this wonderful country. Um, yeah. So you know we do get the, you know we've experienced both of us the, the you know the, the change in culture, which there definitely is. Uh, but what was it for like like for you? I guess growing up then, like your family, did they drink? You know, was it around you? Yeah, I up? mean. Look, look, you know, th- there are, and I, I don't know, you know, it could be argued that it's socioeconomic, you know, it, it's whatever on you are, are you on a craft beer or you on a cask wine? But that didn't seem to matter in the 70s because everyone was drinking from the pillows and everyone was on the tar guards and the, and the cigarettes. So, of course, for most of my life, I had no point of reference or context. All I knew was that I came from an incredibly fun family. Yeah. Um, and we also happened to be born into a house that was, you know, you know, a, a pretty, you know, mid, middle to upper class environment, incredibly hospitable parents. Um, us having the, we had, we had the pool and the friends over all the time. So we were in a rotating door and circus of just hospitality. And so it was just being by default poured all the time. Now, I think maybe do you observe something if you're sitting at a kitchen table, you know, on a lino floor and you're filling up a glass of wine on your own for three or four hours straight in the afternoon and you're sitting there with one other person, maybe that becomes a bit introspective or sinister or however you want to address it. But when you are just in an environment of just full of people, it's it's just, it's a day in the life. Yeah. Um, uh, so no, I had no, no point of reference. And whilst my father's passed on, Southampton, British man, um, I uh, I was just raised by the most loving, supportive parents you could ever come across. Um, and this is, this is leaned on because when I left Australia at 21 to go backpacking around the world and I came back at 24 and I said to mum and dad, I think I want to be an actor. Their response was not a cautionary tale of like, ooh, yeah. Listen, get a business degree first or get, you know, get, get your foundation and then that's definitely a good thing to explore on weekends. They were like, yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, go and do that, man. So like, cool. You doing that. Now, this had nothing to do with anything they'd seen regards an ability, and I still can't proclaim anything like that. What I did know is that I found something that released such a fire in me. If nothing else, I could guarantee to myself and to them if it mattered that I would be an exceptional student of that topic. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So my 100% perfection level simply resides in my obsession with being a student with that craft. Mm. However that plays out for me, that's that's a case-by-case basis. I need to like my work. I need to be semi-proud. The public will do what they want, but I work, so good for me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I just got the green light from my parents, so I had nothing but support. But in that three years that I was abroad, I did drift into Italian cultures and Turkish cultures and Swedish cultures and Dutch cultures. Um, I was on the road for like close to three years and I would just see – the big one for me was Italy. I arrived in Italy and I just saw families eating meals for four or five hours straight and just having liqueurs and talking. And I don't think I'd ever witnessed a meal time in my life. Mm-hmm. It was like here's fish and chips, here's a Vegemite sandwich and nothing unusual, that's life in Australia. Rolling yeah. with your BMX, grab a scallop. You know, grab a fizzy drink and run out again. So that was our mealtime. Yeah. There was no cultural community. Um, and it was like, here's eight cases of beer and 15 bags of chips. Mm-hmm. Get to it. You yeah. know, that's just Australia. Yeah. And the world loves us for that, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a presentation of, you know, what is a psychologically something I think proving to be a fairly seedy underbelly of some turmoil. Mm-hmm. of some description can't wait on that chat case by case you can one-on-one mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I just got a different point of reference um and then i came back and i'd had any number of my friends also come to me and say you dude you go hard but tap 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 it's just saying i'm sober so i knew two or three people that were doing it and when they say to me it's like what 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 a 
what a fuck off outrageous idea. Stop thinking like, (laughs) (laughs) like, wow, but don't I appreciate your insanity. I wouldn't even know what the roadmap looked like. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I needed to, you know, have whatever success I had in Australia. No, I had to shift my coordinates to the the bigger adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, Get there and spend a year striking out. And, you know, with every strikeout, that requires you to have a recalibration conversation with yourself, which you have no experience with. You don't know how to have a conversation with yourself because you don't know what the demon is. Yeah. You just know it. There's just, it's just simmering and it's disapproving and it's a downward spiral. And if you're lucky, you have someone there who knows your family, knows the culture. She was Australian, of course. Not, of course. Um, And so she had the point of reference to say, could I present an idea? Yeah. It's changed my life. Yeah. Isn't it isn't it interesting how you talk about I'm just thinking about the Italian dinner table, the lunch that takes five hours. And there's mm. definitely a difference in culture. I was thinking about that as you were talking, like the Australian culture, like the five cases of beer, the chips, <laughs> right? You know, the Italians yeah, yeah, they yeah. give they give the you're allowed to have wine with, with lunch when you've you know from a young age in Italy, and it's not yeah. considered to be you, you know, you're not gonna go and get smashed. And I was thinking if I was a child growing up in Italy, where my drinking would have taken me was after three hours of the lunch and drank all the wine, I then would have tried to find some turntables, invite all the neighbours round, dance on the table, ruin the lunch, <laughs> right? And then, you know, throw up in the pool. Right? That's it's, how I know you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because I, I I could never drink to in like I would try and be that refined drinker, and I'd even go as far as yeah. drink whiskey or scotch out of a decanter or crystal crystal right. glass because I'd think it would make me more refined. But at the end of it, it was I never drank because I liked the taste of it. I liked because it made me go numb. Yeah, and um, yeah, and yeah. there's a distinct cultural difference in Australia. I mean. I was playing that tape forward in my mind. How many times have you been at a barbecue or a bonfire where your mates have been, you know, you've all got on it and been drinking beer and then two of your mates have broken down and had a good cry halfway through the night. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you've seen a softer side or they've flipped the coin and they've wanted to beat everyone else up. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's it's, it's masking, like you said, it's the masking of a much bigger problem, some other kind of emotion. You know, I think the person who talks about it the the best from what I've seen is uh, Gabor Mate, who talks a lot about addiction and And trauma. And trauma, yeah, some level of trauma that you're basically using substance of anything. Yeah. It's purely that. To survive, to deal with it. There's no exploration around that. It's it's, it's a direct line to some sense of incompletion. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we we can do all the um, older brother, you know, absent father, drunk mother. We can can come up with all the bullshit we want. Um, That's all just outsourcing, isn't it? Exactly. Mm. So – And lucky for – sorry. Yeah. Just say lucky lucky for us we're born – I'll just continue trampling on you. Yeah. Um, We're we're born into the YouTube era, you know, um, and we can just look it up. Mm-hmm. And we can, and there's five hundred thousand hours of whatever topic you want. So you know, it could be argued that it's it's sort of become a topic here. But man, we're in a, a realm of solutions here too. And, and I'll say, you know, it's now I guess semi-public that I'm 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 known to be a sober actor to whatever degree. Um, and I'll have um, guys that you know meet me through a friend or whatever. Yeah, you know, sidle up, mm. you know, and do the lean and go. Yeah, can you can you? can I ask you some questions about it? And it's like, you can do what you want, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's the luxury is that it has a knock on effect in ways that you don't see, but it, it, it simply doesn't must. So, so how, how long have you been sober then Martin? How long have you 10 been? Years. 10 years. Yeah. 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 Congratulations. Congratulations, mate. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, um, my, my inner internal story is, I've got a nine-year-old boy, um, and he will he will never he will never know or have an experience or see his father, um, not at peace. Mm. That's so nice. Um, what a beautiful yeah, that, what a beautiful statement as well to say mm, that. I've actually got goosebumps there. That was that's beautiful and so yeah. it, it does change. I think when you have your own children, right? It, you suddenly see also the world very differently. And luckily, I mean, you got sober by the sounds of it, before he was even born. So yeah. even better, um, you know, and you see them growing up and, and how, I guess, it, being sober helps you 
be the the parent that you want to be for them. You know what I mean? Now look, yeah. Now, now if I may, yeah. um, I want to I want to just take I just want to challenge the label a, a, a little bit and say. And this is not a bumper sticker statement. This is just, you know, the, the tr- I'm hearing you say this, and this mm. is just the truth of it for me. I, I, I no longer view myself as sober mm-hmm. because I no longer consider drinking in any capacity or respect. Just just the, the electricity of what that carried hasn't been near my orbit in so long yeah. that I have no reference that it's something that I'm running from. Yes. And... When I was in Los Angeles, I um, at some point, you know, we're all aware of the philosophy that says, you know, if you're being a relationship or an addiction or whatever, if you're trying to leave something, you are energetically, photonically still connected to it mm-hmm. and you don't leave it, you always go back to something you're trying to leave. It's just a photonic law of attraction. You're thinking about leaving, so you're still thinking about it. So that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's only when you're going to somewhere else you know, that your energy is now attached to that. So you will have a complete successful departure and landing. Mm. So the idea of, I, I think the, the part of the reason I appreciate that there's now a, a healthier dialogue around it is, and, and, and they're also saying, this gets really risky, they're also saying that the cultural structure of my name is blah, blah, I am an alcoholic, is counterproductive to the journey that is being sought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't consider myself a sober person at all. Mm. I just don't drink. I'm so energetically removed from that that everyone that knows me um, doesn't even notice it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just and, – and my personal luxury and blessing is that I didn't lose any elements of my perceived persona that I was holding onto and relying on mm. that came alive through that. So I, I didn't have to navigate, well, who the fuck am I going to be? Who am I? Yeah, you know, and there's that psychological risk for men in community of well, that my whole friendship circle is like, well, that's the other side of art in life, isn't it? It's like you, but you got to learn to become really good friends with uncertainty and change because they're the guarantees. You know, forget yeah. death and taxes. We now mm-hmm. know death doesn't happen; transcendence happens. We now, you know, know how you can dance around the IRS if you needed to. So they're they're mm-hmm. convenient fallacies. It's like. Mm-hmm. You've got to get really down with your, you know, eating, adapt, and survive. Mm. You know, and that again, such a personal story. Oh, that's so, dialogue for anyone. Such an incredible way of putting it, because I know that um, some people, and, and everyone's different, right, Martin? Everybody's journey is different. Some people uh, might need to kind of, I guess, label themselves to, as an addict to some degree. To to be and many a- of many of them are. Yeah, many of them are. It's exactly. just not my journey anymore. Exactly. Yeah. That that. I guess, and I guess a lot of our listeners will will want to know, and I definitely want to know. Then, what your journey was like in that detachment period? Because it it it, it is was it easy for you? You know, like to just go, yeah, yeah, no, yes, no, yes. That, that's it. I'm done. It never going back. Like, or was Hard, it hard? Yes, right. It it, it 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 was so easy for, and that's not a hero statement, but for one reason: the when that road is in front of me, and that. There's so much power in this. I woke up to that letter. She allowed me to hear myself saying those things to her, which, of course, I was saying to myself and using her. I go to the meeting. I'm above it all. Fortunately for me, a man in there named John who was running the meeting came up to me because I was a new face and said, welcome, you knew. I'm like, yeah. He's like, who bought you? I'm like, I, no one bought me. He's like, are you here on your own? And he's like, oh, okay, well, sit anywhere. Um, he said, um, all right, uh, there'll be a chance to speak at the end. Oh, my God, <laughs> I'm not here to speak, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, you know, the three or four people get up and then this, this gentleman, nameless, faceless John, at the end stood up, really subtly said it's time for anyone that's new here to contribute and to speak. And I was like, and he just really subtly looked at me. And it was such a welcoming energy mm-hmm. that my body just stood up. Mm-hmm. And I was carried, if you will. It's, it's so, you know, cliche, but I, sure enough, there I am at the podium looking out at 30 faces that I didn't know. 
And that wall of acceptance, that wall of non-judgment, the wall of faces smiling and nodding. It's just like, mm. they just want me to fall into them. Yeah. And I just looked at them and I cried. Mm-hmm. My face, like it had done two nights ago with cocaine, my face just went numb. My emotional body just released and I was like. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Mm. And the statement that came out was, I'm so fucking lost. Yeah. Mm. I have no idea who I am, but I'm pretty sure if I found out, I wouldn't like him. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they just kept smiling and kept saying this way, walk. Mm. And I told the story Mm -hmm. and they didn't look bored for a second. Then it just vomited out of me. And I'm just like, and as this was happening, I could feel it leaving. Mm. Fucking religious. Yeah. It's, it's it's something like a baptism. If that's whatever. If that's what happens. And at the end, I did what it because I couldn't start with my name is blah blah blah. I am because it just wasn't my world. Or I just I I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Actually, I know exactly what I'm fucking doing here, and what the fuck am I doing here? You know all that fear. And by the end of that five ten minutes of talking, the fear had just mobilized and said, you know what? You're home. And I'll tell you what, this is why I'm the luckiest person I've ever met. As that was happening, the soul switch went. So there was no cerebral navigation or decisions to make how am I going to handle this. It was like... I'm done. Yeah. It left me. I'm done. And they tell you the next thought you have, which actually happened which actually happened was, and this will sound dramatic, but this is what happened. It's like I lived, I survived. I'm alive because I know the shit that went on when I was out of my body. Mm. I got photographs of it. It's like I'm alive. So now if anything happens, at least there's accountability for it. Yeah. It didn't happen during an out-of-body experience. So um, that was that's why I was free of, of, of the struggle, of the negotiation, of the can I, can't I, will I, won't I. I'm just yeah. like, that, that. And an old timer said to me shortly thereafter, it takes about three years for the fog to lift. I'm like, what fog? He's like, <laughs> the fog. And three years <laughs> later, um, I, was, I was operating with levels of clarity that I was just discovering as I went. Now, 10 years in, again, very private chat this on a podcast. But that's why people, you can say it here because people have to dial in to hear it. But um, I'm, it's, it's the, the journey of sobriety is not, not a language that's part of my personal journey. I, um, I'm, I'm now just enjoying my personal relationship with beta state, clarity, intuition, um, following the universe, getting the signs. I'm, 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 in a, I'm in a bubble that no one else can see that makes complete sense to me mm. and is alarming as fuck for the rest of the world. But I'm just like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on my song line. <laughs> You're just strumming at your own yeah. beat, darling. That's what it is. Well, l- l- listen, <laughs> and, and, and that's the gift. That's the gift. You become so in tune with the fact that no one else needs to hear it. Yeah. But if you yeah. dare not pay attention to it, Watch the consequences because you've done that for 30 years. Yeah. And yeah. fuck, you got away with something. Yeah. But now set your sails this way because here comes a warm north wind. Yeah. Let's fly. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? And, and you know, again, me and Clive have spoke about it often, but about what actually happens when you make that decision and, and go for it. It's incredible, magical doorways open that you would never even thought were possible when you were stuck in that. Now, if I may, I'll just say again, because I want, because I want to tend to that language a bit. Yes. Because for me personally, it wasn't a decision. Yes. It, 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 it was a, it was a wave of clarity. Yes. I was lucky because I just got, I got a, a safe environment to break down in, in an environment that I had no, I had no plan to share any fucking thing about myself. Mm. And it took over. And in that taking over as Aldous Huxley doors of perception. And as that unfolded, the mist of Avalon, they call it, you know, if, if, if the mist part, you might see the island if you're worthy. It's not a worthiness game, you know, but to use that parable, um, as that thing moved, I glimpsed a door that went this way 
is where all your dreams live. Mm. Like on the other side of this door, if you will do that work, that's the journey you've been dreaming of since you were born that you came into this this incarnation with. Yeah. And so I, God bless Australia. God bless 30 years of being a, just a skull cracker. God bless, <laughs> you know. Skull cracker. <laughs> my own skull, my own skull, you know. It's just like put a blue light up here. It's just held together by goodwill, you know. It's just like. So, so Martin. Uh, thanks for sharing that, mate. It's mm. it's an amazing story, but I'm just sitting here processing what you're saying. And so, obviously, I've been on a very similar journey to yourself, and yeah. going into that room of the first meeting and and being, and I also got asked to speak on front of a podium, and it's documented on another episode of I just was rambling, right. just absolute rambling, right, and and, right. and I also. Would, didn't see myself as being part of that community. I was like, I'm, I'm, I think I actually said I'm very different. I'm not like you people, I think was the word I actually spoke. That shit and, comes out yeah, because that's what we're thinking. So so I I too made that decision of, okay, I got it. I have to stop. I need to stop. Otherwise, I am going to die, right? Um, yeah. Now, yeah. where I – and I'm, I'm listening to your story and I'm like, fuck, he's lucky. Right, because I'm thinking, I'm just you're in this bubble, you're bouncing around life, and you've you've had this fog lifted. Let me let me give you an example of my weekend, right? So I'm yes, four, I'm four years seven months sober, you know, yes. and I, it was my birthday last week, and uh, my my beautiful team at work they bought me an ice bath for for you know that's because there's two things about ice baths. There's the, there's the health benefits of what you get, and then there's the people that have got one never fucking shut up about it anyway. Yes. <laughs> And, um, so I, I get up, I do my meditation, I get in the, I go to a meeting, I get in the ice bath, right? And I'm setting myself up for a great day. But the, the part of Clive that, that forced me to drink, the part that forced me to do the cocaine. And I too remember, as you were talking, I had the best cocaine in my life when I moved to LA from, from being on the set, which blew my mind. And there's a lot of similarities here. But the reason why I am I, I I I struggle is because the minute something goes wrong, right? If something doesn't go my way, and it could be the most trivial thing, that anger, fear, resentment, and I've got this switch that I switched that was was the fuck it button, which turned into the fuck me button. Yeah. Um, but I I I went through and Saturday I'm gonna this is no no I'm gonna say it on the on the podcast my wife and I had a tough day because I was an asshole right and I'm like fuck this and fuck that and you know and I and she's not speaking to me and she's like you know and I know I had to go to the gym and I'm like I'm in the gym and I'm trying to calm down and I wish I was in that euphoric bubble bouncing around and but there's a side and when you said. You said, and I'm going to might not quote this wrong. I don't know who I am, and if I if I get to see that, I will not like him. I spend a lot of time not liking me, even when I'm sober, right? Mm. And I struggle with that. Yeah. And I go, yeah. fucking hell, I'm such an asshole sometimes to the people that I love. And you know, even that letter that your wife wrote, I can be that person when I'm sober, right? And I'm listening to you, and I'm like, ah. I've got this thing that's just it's 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 a defect of character I guess is the word you could say that I've just never known how to really do Clive and the only way that I could manage Clive for a long time for 30 years was with was fill was numb it with drugs and alcohol but now it's it's you know now even though I am sober life's still not utopia life's mm. life's still a, tr- a struggle for me and I can be just as mean and nasty sober as I can be drunk, and mm-hmm. that's that's confronting for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm 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 not your shrink. I'm, 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 <laughs> I, I'm a man listening to you, but, but but I've got a question for you. Yeah, that that is borderline clinical. Yeah, right. Um, the 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 Clive you've invented, the person that is still being judged by you. Yeah. Who is striving for these things. Yeah. Yeah. Who's behind the strive? Who are you trying to prove it to? Your your mother, your father? If 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 you can backtrack that stuff, Clive, 
mm. and work out who you are doing you for, yeah. you detangle a lot of contained trap resentment energy mm. that you are ill at ease with and can't find peace with. So if you can backtrack to the genesis of what's driving, mm. like so anyone that like sets the goal and gets there and then it's still dealing with a degree of dissatisfaction, which yeah. becomes fucking Clive, you know, and then the next goal and you achieve the next one and, and, and there is still that restlessness in you. Mm-hmm. That means you are not living or pursuing the story for you. Part of your story is still to impress someone else. And that stuff usually kicks off when we're, it's from 7 to 12. Yeah, yeah. You know, who, whose validation am I still trying to get? You can detangle that. Yeah. Man, you watch this shit oxygenate and just float out of the ether. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess initially, the, the well, the, the, the choice, and you talk about the crossroads that you had, the, tr- the, the thing was it was either I was either going to stop or I was probably going to die. Um, yeah. And so I didn't want to die and... I just knew I'd been, I mean, I kind of quit when I was just like six months after my 50th birthday. And I just was like, I could see this. But Clive, so, so I just want to dive in here again because we've got a support yeah. network going yeah. here yeah. and say the problems contain the solutions. And it's your language right there that I want to present back to you. Sure. If I, if I don't stop, I'm going to die. So let's just look at the sentence, if I don't stop. Mm. What's driving the thing that you can't stop? Because you are not moving at an organic rhythm that provides you with a, 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 a life balance. You are you operating at the pace of exhaustion, and that's to prove something. So, again, you've got to go back and find out who you are trying to do this for. Mm-hmm. And when you can identify that, mm. that's a very private conversation. You know, mm-hmm. one that's not going to be resolved here, but yeah. fuck, it could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you find <laughs> yeah. out who's, who's keeping the office light on all the time, saying you've got to be at work because you've got to yield this result, you've got to, got to, got to. When you can dismiss that person, mm-hmm. because tell you what, man, whoever that person is, either it's either not yours to take on, or they're not doing it. It's an interpretation, and that's yeah. often the case too. Yeah, yeah, Clive, right. this is actually really beautiful. Thanks, Martin, for sharing that. That was that was really powerful because Clive, you've you've seen me in my journey, right? And one of my, you know, biggest things, just a little back background for you, Martin, was that my um a, a addictive behaviors was was all about food growing up for me mm-hmm. um eventually through a divorce turned into alcohol and i never looked at my issues with food because uh, you know i had eating disorders and stuff as um addictive i guess you know but the pattern was there the pattern of thinking it was really about how i felt about myself bottom line right didn't like yeah. myself never felt like i fitted in I only found out at, you know, 40 that I've got ADHD on the spectrum. You know, it, 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 it gets... Sorry, got to jump in. I've got yeah. to jump in and press pause just there because yeah. as we're doing this, we're going to do a bit of rewiring. And yeah. so let me tell you, ADHD, all the spectrum, these are our fucking superpowers, by the way. I know. I know that now. Keep going. I, lo- yeah. I mean, like, that's what I mean. Like, so yeah, yeah. initially, oh, bit shocked, bit upset, felt so sorry for my little self. You know, felt so <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, 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 I yeah. was awful to that person. I was horrible. Yeah. But yeah. what it did do for me as well, Clive, is with my surrender at that moment with you, because I did all of that surrendering with you. And this is quite a new thing in terms of alcohol. But the surrender part, Clive, that, that, that came with that was everything, including, I mean, my career paths changed now. Because prior to that, I wanted, I thought success and everything for me was that way. And I had to do it this way. And it was, you're right, Martin, it was definitely about other people looking in and thinking, oh, that, you know, I've got to be this, I've got to be that. And it hangs over you so heavy that when you let go of those uh, feelings. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. We, we, we hang it over ourselves so heavily. Nothing's happening to us. Yes. We're hanging it there. You are right. Because. Because the victimhood, yeah. man, there's a badge of pride in that, and it's such a debilitating addiction in its own right. Yeah. Probably go on. Yeah. Um, and you, the surrender <laughs> of, of – is that your dog? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. getting involved. Like, yes, I agree. Yeah. The surrender yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of all those fears, Clive, it, it does breathe space into you um, 
a lot of self acceptance, um, and 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 you know, I get all, deep... I get all, I get all that right. I, and I yeah. and trust me, I surrendered big time, and I've yeah, I've, no, you did. You know, and I've done a lot of work on myself. But the thing is, is that life is constantly going to throw you curveballs, right? It's constantly going to throw you, um, you know, there's there's shit that goes on. Well, since we've been on this podcast, I've just seen three emails come through on very different matters from very different bits and pieces that have just popped up on my screen, which just go, fuck, got to deal Mm. with that. Like, like, you know, and I'm like, I've got to focus on this and this right now because... It, it, life can get com- kind of complicated. And I think now more, the older I get, time is going faster. Mm-hmm. It seems to go faster. And I'm just like, and I got a very different perspective on the life, on my life getting sober. And I realized that I wasted a lot of time. A lot, and, um, and I guess one of the, the thing is I do, and occasionally I get days like I got on Saturday. They don't happen all the time. But they're the days when you can hear, like I heard a story of someone on Saturday, I was chatting to someone um, who said, oh, so-and-so we know has been clean for eight years, they're just busted, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how can you go eight years? And they're like, yeah, they just busted. And I was like, whoa. And uh, which it's, it's a stark fact of addiction, it's a stark fact of reality. And I can go through, and unfortunately this this shit kills people, Right. And what I'm trying mm-hmm. to, the point I'm trying to make is, is this, is that 85% of the time that I got back is now full, full of gratitude and really beautiful things in my life. Like I get to spend some beautiful times with my kids and my wife, but there are times when mm-hmm. life gets fucking hard, right? And I don't bounce around in a bubble, right? I, I mm-hmm. bounce around in my own head and I have a big old fight sometimes. And yeah. it's that moment of weakness mm-hmm. that, is going to be the one where I could, I have to identify that things could go fucking south really fast. And I have to be, no matter all the ice baths, no matter how much meditation, no matter how much prayer, how much fucking thing I I do, there is that side of Clive that scares the fucking life out of me, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. on a daily basis, I can deal with that no problem. Like that, I can turn the gas off turn the gas off on my stove and the pot stops bubbling, right? But I could see, and I saw it on Saturday in my life. I was like, fuck, this is a dangerous place for me to be because, you know, one minute I'm in the gym, then I'm like, you know, when things are not going well at home, my wife's not talking to me, I'm like, fuck, I just want to go to a hotel room, buy a shitload of Coke and just fucking write the day off, right? <laughs> right? And then I'm like... What room number? And I'm like, yeah, you fucking you're like you you know what you're fucking useless Clive you know why don't you just go and do that right and I'm like and thankfully I didn't but I guess the point is is I guess I'm still in a bit of an emotional hangover from the weekend Mm. and if I'm really honest I'm listening to Martin I'm like you lucky fucking cunt (laughs) (laughs) and and I'm doing the title let me tell you and I'm like what you make that sound so fucking good (laughs) <laughs> well, I tell, I, tell, I tell you what. Also, like, I, I think I think years ago we sort of got this bumper sticker wisdom, which said, if 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 the why is big enough, the how takes care of itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and and, and this comes back to the energy not to possible yeah. resentment. Yeah. Which are the things that hold the energy trapped. Yeah. Which is the actual nature of the battle. Yeah. If the energy is trapped somewhere. Yeah. Then you're st- then you're still in the fight. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I'm by no means free of energy knots. Yeah. Don't, 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 yeah. don't worry about that. Yeah. But my my why was was big enough. Sure. Like, and th- that. Um, by the way, there's 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 this other thing that I think has merit here. You would have heard of this ten day silent retreat, the passion and meditation thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you know, I've done that a few times in my life, and the, one of the key teachings of S. N. Goenka, the founder that bought it, well, the second tier founder that bought it out to. Um, to the first world, um, he, he says, yeah, there, there are moments where we, we, we get things and then we focus on why didn't I get this whatever timeline ago. And this cardinal rule really landed with me. He said, when you have that moment, which you will have, when you have that moment, you give yourself two minutes to indulge in the regret of why didn't this happen before? Because anything beyond those two minutes of why didn't I get this 30 years ago is sustained self-indulgent yeah, waste right. of time. Yeah, right, yeah. 
And that's a really good key for us mm. to sit with. Sure. That it's like all of this wound licking and all oh, the battle and, you know, you're clearly, you know, a cerebral personality, obviously very strategic. You know how to execute all these things. Yeah. I'm far less strategic. I'm a different animal. Yeah. I yeah. am to some degree floating in a bubble. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I, 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 I can catch my wind, yeah. but I don't do very well at mapping out an Excel plan yeah. and executing. Yeah. I run on a different thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but few, I think those two will, will, are going to prove to be really good allies on your road. Sure. I think. Yeah. Thank you for this. Th- Doesn't mean it's not a motherfucker. And what is the room number? Because I'll be there. <laughs> Thank you for the therapy session. Well, <laughs> like I said, like, poor this, old Martin's going to be like, well, what's this? Is this, this an interview? Or yeah, like- <laughs> yeah. Clive needed some it's therapy like today. As I, as I said, I'm, I'm probably on a bit of an emotional hangover from my tough weekend. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling a bit vulnerable today. And here's the other thing. Like the, the one thing they do get right for all their bumper stickers and all the things that have set up the triangle of their infrastructure is the quite hard and simple fact is now we're dealing with life on life's terms. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not going to not be life, yeah. but now we're not wasting 19 fucking hours trying to escape it. We're like, right, sit down, eyeball it, and be like, right, solve something in five minutes, which otherwise would have taken five fucking months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very Because we fester in that, in that bubble, in that fucking cloud, we fester and we've got all this bullshit dialogue. Mm. As cerebral as you are, now you're like, right, what are the A, Bs and Cs? Sit down, bang, solve, moving on. Here's the next one. Yeah. So life on its terms is actually efficient if you don't, you know, if we don't get too too caught up removing our ribs to suck our own. Moving on. Yeah, sure. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Go on, Clive. Um, I'm actually a bit brain dead right now. So. <laughs> Yeah, you've got emails to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's like, running two businesses while he's doing this. Oh, exactly. Like, fuck off, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just, just, but that, but that's funny because that's how my brain constantly worked. You know, yeah. since, you know, since yeah. I was a kid, it's like there is literally things popping up in my, you know, con- all mm-hmm. the time, and yeah. and sometimes, well, most of the time, in fact, every time. For, for me to, for me to, to me to, sh- to, I had to numb, right? I had to shut that shit yeah. down, and mm-hmm. and it started off with uh, a drink, and then yeah. it wouldn't stop until I was, you know, it would work for a little while, and then you know, I've tried it all. I've tried, to, you know, not drinking. Yeah. Drink. I've tried, not you know, only doing cocaine on birthdays and all that kind of stuff. But um, when you, t- I guess where where we could go from here is. Well, I've got to dive in here and just sure. say, an hour ago, you guys said to me, 10 years, congratulations. I really want to turn the dojo around, man, and say, for you, four years, seven months, fucking congratulations, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, big, mate. Big deal. Big deal. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. And, that, yeah. and, that's, and that's another uh, point of conversation as well, because I had this conversation with someone um, last week that, you know, my birthday happens to coincide, my sober birthday, I should say, happens to coincide with the big, one of our biggest industry events of the year in Australia. It's like the hair festival, hair expo thing that goes on, where I literally was awake for four or five days until after the awards. When the awards are finished, then I just broke, right? I, was no, I had nothing left. So the, the, when that event comes around, they it's a bittersweet thing to, to remind myself on four years, seven months is, is great. But it also reminds me of the, one of the darkest days of my life because it was a day where I just, I was pretty fucked that day. And so, um, mm. I too have a little bit of a thing of like, I got to, mm. I, I almost want to erase that date to be honest with you, but because yeah. of the industry event that, that I, you know, I have to attend every year. It's a stark reminder of, of, you know, a great thing that I got, I, that was the, my last day of drinking, but it was also probably one of the thousands. It's funny because I interviewed someone last week. Who, I, he, I said to him, what was your rock bottom? And he goes, I hit the rock bottom. I hit the ocean floor and I bounced along it for two years. And that was definitely me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And um, that was for me until, until I was drowning, you know. What, what about you, you, Martin? I think, you know, for, for you know, our audience, um, is there a like a pearl? I mean, I think you've given us like a whole mountain of pearls during this conversation, but like something that you'd like um, our audience to know or or leave leave on a positive note about. Well, Clive, I, thank you for asking, Clive. I want to say one more thing to you, man. On this yeah. is that, and it, and it's just a question that occurred to me while I was listening to you. Like, 
doesn't help in any way because I don't, you know, yes, I'm 10 years, but the the idea of having a drink and that knocking the wheels off my journey, that's no longer an equation for me. Sure. That's, that's just not something that's in my energy sphere yeah. um, just because that's just, that's just what that is. Um, so getting to 10 years and getting all the very lovely congratulations, that's very nice, but I don't feel like it needs a congratulations because there's no exertion in it. It's not like I've, you know, I've done a new deadlift weight. Sure. Like I, ju- I just don't drink anymore. That's that. Um, I wonder for, for the bean counters, you know, for the people that are like getting through the next day, the people that are really doing the, really engaging the 12 steps, really doing, following the architecture of, of the process. Does the idea of not being four years and seven months, <clears throat> does the idea of just not drinking anymore, does that create any shift? Mm. Uh, which is say you know landmark forum which was one of the things that i studied in yeah. a lot when i was i did landmark. To, yeah 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 a lot of us trying to get our inner compass back into balance you know we'll explore a lot of different things um and i distinctly remember you know them talking about the um and and but equation and they'd be like so here's the problem i want to be fit but i love eating cake mm. here's the problem i want to go on holidays but I need money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, any number of those more obvious equations. Yeah. And then they're like, and, and they're just an experimental with the rewiring. And it's like, okay, so let's remove the butt, which is the barrier, our cerebral barrier, yeah. the hurdle. And it'd be like, okay, so let's try this sentence. I want to be fit and I love cake. Yeah. So now, so now you're doing both and there's no resistance. And it's like, yeah. I want to go traveling this year and I need more money. Yeah. And so you've bound in a solution to the equation. So it's it's that in, it's the dojo of the mind. It's like how you're building your sentences mm. to just deal with the nuts and bolts instead of the gravity we encase the nuts and bolts in. Yeah, it's funny it's you should say true. that because you know talking about addiction, right? So I've I, the last one I had to quit was cigarettes, right? Which was been a nemesis of mine all the way through. Like I'd stopped for a little <laughs> while, and um, you know, second to January this year, I'm like, right, I am. Because I was so miserable smoking, like it was just one of them things. If you don't, if you can't stop doing something you really hate doing, you really have got a problem. And that was yeah. the last of my, the trilogy, I should say. And um, you know, and I had to, <laughs> after listening to the after listening to the guests, I remember one of the guys, from, a real estate agent from LA called Pete. He said all I had to do was stay sober for today. And so I got up in the morning on the second of January. I was like, right, all I got to do, Clive, and I tried everything, patches, you name it, and I'm like. Just get through today without having a cigarette. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about anything else. Just get through. And I'm not, I'm not joking. This is probably about my 2,000th attempt, right? And um, and um, I got through one day, and I counted the day, right? And then I counted the day, and because I, I knew I had to go through a physical withdrawal um, of the nicotine. You know? And when I got that anger flish mm-hmm. thing coming, it was like, oh, I, need a, I need a fag, right? Mm-hmm. When I got, and I got to a week... And then it was like, and I actually stopped Amy the other week when she left my house. And I'm like, you won't believe it. I'm 10 days today or I'm this or whatever. I woke up this morning and it's gone. Like it's, and I'm like, without realizing I'm now on week five. Right. And I've stopped counting and, but it's just reprogramming myself to go. It's not important to count the days anymore. I've moved on from yeah. that. Right. I'm like, I'm, I don't need to count. The day. The I just, yeah. that's one, one piece of shit I don't have to deal with today. Right. And yeah. I, and there are, and I will go through today and there will be a moment where I think, geez, I'll probably be looking back on this podcast and think, spiral out of anxiety and say, I can't can't believe I dropped the C bomb, you know what I mean? And and then I'll be like, I need it. Where's my my cigarettes? You know? And so, you know, for a fact, I'm going to be calling you after this podcast, reassuring you that everything's okay. Yeah, no, they will. But they'll email Martin and say, We're really sorry for that counseling session that just happened. (laughs) But, you know, that's what this is all about, right? It's like, it's interesting because we've had so many guests come on this show and we're on like see i don't know how many episodes we've done now and everyone's talked about their journey about how bad it was and and there's got better and you know what everyone is different and yeah yeah, and it's that's part that's part of the joy of doing this is because that's right we're not all the same we can't all follow the same pathway it's we've all got our the way i stopped smoking was such a fingerprint to me that after Mm -hmm. reading out people go alan carr's book try this try that try this doesn't matter it's all in it's an inside job right it's got a, it's an inside yeah. job and i've got to deal with it and no matter yeah. how and you're inside doing a big old one <laughs> I'm, 
<laughs> and d- deep deep down, I'm still doing it. Like it's going forever. Like, <laughs> which is yeah, which is that's, fueling that's my fueling my anxiety. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, we're, we're all in the same party now. You know, yeah. I'm sure that we it's all just, used to know a... Miguel. That you know that <laughs> <laughs> you just wouldn't move out on Miguel. Would you? You know, it was a big part of my life. You know. Anyway, um, anyway yeah. Um, no, it's well, been it's been amazing. Um, it really well, has. Well, listen to, to to answer your you know the the question that triggered this little round. Um, yeah. Final thoughts. Yeah, my, my my final thoughts have nothing to do with you know what this podcast is about in a sense because mm. I think the healthier part of this conversation, the essential part of this conversation, actually has nothing to do with sobriety. That's just an inroad to talking about art, purpose, self mm. discovery, exploration, mm. um, and um, th- that I think is actually the only conversation that matters in the world. Yeah, you know, we we come at it from the angle of sobriety. You come out of it for the angle of we've slayed a dragon, we've conquered a demon. It's like, and I, re, I you know, my, my my want for anybody is like, chances are you're leaning on something because we're we're dependent animals. You know, are we re, are we leaning on a relationship? Are we leaning on an excuse? Like, we we we're just codependent by our neurological infrastructure, um, and it's just like. All I want for any conversation for anyone in the world is like if there's a, you know, we, we know, we know the vacuum is being filled by a vice. Mm. Yeah. So the only conversation worth having is if you happen to be the bearer of a vacuum, which you are, yeah. it's like now the fun is, and I think COVID was kind of an assistant with this, it's like people kind of looked at their lives that were doing whatever job. And they realised when they were told to stop for six months because, you know, it depends how far you want to go into the juju of it all. But, you know, it could be argued that the world, despite the big business, you know, New World Order operations of it, also at a civilian level, the world was screaming, give me six fucking months off my life. This Mm. situation that I've wound up in, which we're supposed to call life by design. Well, it's Mm. not unless we are really with ourselves every day, we wind up somewhere and then we're fucking dealing with that. So we've got Mm. this giant mantra of like, stop the fucking wheel. Mm. And Mm. we witnessed something historical. The wheel fucking stopped. Yeah. Yeah. And we all just hammered to the front of the plane. Yeah. But what people are doing when they're trying to get luggage and fucking, you know, chairs and all the metaphors I can come up with is they realize that seat back there, seat number 612, I'm never going back to that seat again. Yeah. Yeah, very true. And yeah. So then it's like, okay, so what? if I wasn't doing that, what would I be doing? And then comes the biggest question that can ever be asked, and that is if you weren't paid to go to work today, would you be doing it anyway? Mm. Yeah. And that's the deepest conversation you're ever going to have. And yeah. people through smoke, snort, fuck, pussy, whatever, are just pushing that conversation away. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it holds a lot of power, and is our neurological body equipped for that kind of voltage? Mm-hmm. That's an individual question. Yeah, Martin, you mentioned something before we came on air, which was was really interesting, and I I forgot to mention it at the beginning. Talking about conversation, right, and having a conversation. You spoke about doing a press release for a film when Seymour Hoffman died in LA of an overdose, and you wanted to remove yeah. the anonymity away around sobriety. Do you want to just touch on that? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 less heroic than that because I didn't want to do anything. I got caught up in a movement yeah. that mm-hmm. had stumbled upon itself, mm-hmm. which was I was based in LA at the time, and Hollywood, like they did with Matthew Perry, so very recently, yeah. Hollywood came to a grinding halt when Philip Seymour Hoffman died yeah. Yeah. from relapsing, and um, I was in the meetings at that time, so I could really feel the weight of people questioning how useful is this community if we're fucking anonymous. Yeah. And I uh, was then doing an interview with one of the newspapers in Australia, walking the back alley in Los Angeles on the phone, doing this thing because I had two movies coming out and so we're teeing up my whatever's press. And uh, I said, and and, and then he asked me because we're – kind of friendly you know these people these relationships he's like so how's everything going out there for you personally anyway i'm like oh man i got sober and he's like what 
And of course, that then became like a, a maypole of the dialogue. And what went into print was Martin Dingwall, you know, leaving the bay, um, landing in Hollywood, um, his journey with AA. Mm. And all of a sudden, this secret community was splashed that I was an AA. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's going to be, and that became a governing force of my interviews on the Today Show and whatnot. Um, because it wasn't being, and again, I didn't, I didn't, you know, position this peg and go crack. Yeah. Yeah. Let's break the boulder. Yeah. I just got caught up in it. And then some people were saying, man, 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 this is supposed to be anonymous. It's like, I get that, but I've got to tell you, not in the rooms, Mm. not in the AA rooms. They're rethinking fucking everything because Philip died. Yeah. They're rethinking. We need to talk about this. Mm. Yeah. So I was just caught in this electricity movement which has turned into, you know, podcasts and us now talking about what's your road, you know, this yeah. celebration of like, okay, so wow, you found your demon, you tested his time and you outrun him. But then, you know, yeah. take all the poetry away from it. And it's just like actually eyeball your demon, sit out at the table and just better outrun him, make him your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, build your team. And so that, yeah, that's what happened. I, I was attached to these headlines of be breaches the uh, the 100 year agreement. And the people are like, actually, no, that's great. Let's, can we have yeah. a chat? So that's how mm. it yeah. happened. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, mate. It's been really lovely chatting <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for it this really session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Three way therapy session, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> It's not the it's not the kind of three way you're used to, is it, Clive? No. <laughs> Trust me, it's been a long time oh, since one of those happened. <laughs> oh, freeway. Sorry, I know I've just I've just been on the back roads for ages. <laughs> I'm the glitch. Yeah, oh, Martin, dear. it was uh, such a pleasure. Honestly, uh, yeah, amazing yeah, your me yeah too. your your story, your authenticity. Lots and yeah. lots of joy. I know you've got another big film coming out this year, which is very exciting. So, da da da, What's strate- that? strategically yeah. placed in the background. What's um, the film called? You know. <laughs> We're going to series two on that. Yeah, uh, it's called it's called this bloody country. Um, it's a unique one, in as much as you know the the, the richest genre of um, of American movies, the western. Yeah, and. Um, for the first time ever, they've shot a Western on location in Utah. Um, and the, um, the, the, um, the, uh, pro, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, um, oh, look at that. Anyway, the lead, it's uh, the protagonist, um, is an Australian frontiersman, which is like, what, what? Yeah. Right. They're Australians. And it's like, actually there were five Australians. This is a story of one of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's hitting festivals in a minute. Um, it gets released in 24, um, and yeah, you know, n- another one of the luxuries of you yeah. know, getting to mm. getting called in to you know yeah. to pick up a to pick up mm. pick up your gear and get to work. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a luxury. Brilliant. Well, I hope I hope it goes well this year then with the yeah. release and everything. And uh, oh, nothing to it, nothing to it. Yeah, yeah. happy days, mate. Congratulations and uh, and yeah. well done, mate. It's been so great chatting to you. It really Lovely has. Lovely to meet you guys. No you too. Take care. Fun party. Yeah, <laughs> great time. <laughs> See you guys. You've been listening to Straight Edge, the podcast, and we love that you've been listening to this episode. And we're always looking for future guests to join us on the podcast. So if you or anyone else, your friends or family have been through similar struggles with any form of addiction or recovery, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop us a message on our Instagram page, Straight Edge, the podcast, and we'll get right back in touch with you to have a chat. And talking of social media, if you've enjoyed this or any other of our episodes from season one or two, We kindly ask for you to please help us share the love by sharing our posts and reels with your own network of friends. And lastly, but most importantly, if you could please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This will help us improve our podcast visibility and hopefully attract more listeners from around the world. But most of all, it will attract some more exciting guests that I'm sure you, our audience, would love to hear from. So I'll finish with a big thank you from all of us here, Amy, Lou and myself, Clive at Straight Edge the Podcast. And please stay safe and God bless.